welcome to another very, very special episode of Dead Men Talk. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to welcome my guest this evening. He is one of the guys responsible for um, a lot of the early memories I've got of stand-up comedy and some of my favourites. He's worked with the best in the business. He is one of the best as well. You may or may not know him, um, whether you know him like I do as um, Joe Pasquale's twin brother Reynard or indeed the man who had his hand up lower the loafer for the Brian Conley show I welcome to the show Ray Tizard how you doing mate right Chris how are you man yeah all good mate all good. <laughs> <laughs> we had to start with that that's amazing yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah I'd say I'd tell you what I mean I, I when I um when I first sort of reached out to you I wasn't really expecting it to come to anything I must admit you know and I was so so grateful when you came back to me and agreed to come on because I mean there we'll, we'll touch them there's so many early memories I've got of my favorite you know comedians <laughs> and that and you you sort of literally had your hand in with a couple of the guys who who I really sort of watched so much back then um bless you mate so I guess the natural where I like to normally start with these kind of things, if we wind it back to the beginning, where did you discover comedy for yourself? And not only yeah, who were your favourites, who did you grow up um, admiring, but when did you find you had a, a talent of your own to make people laugh? Um, it's, it's really strange. When I, I discovered comedy quite early on, and one of my favourite comics um, is, um, is Danny Kaye. Um, okay. So again, right early back, and there's a film that he did called Wonder Man, which is it's quite a rare film, quite hard to get. But it was on Channel Four. I remember watching it late one night, and basically Danny Kay plays himself as a librarian who's quite straight laced, but also his gangster brother who gets killed at the beginning of the film. Okay. And the idea, yeah, it's quite a bizarre film. But it's quite a good film, and the, and the premise is that the gangster brother who's quite leery comes back and takes over the librarian's body to try and find out who killed him and why. Okay. And I just remember watching that and it just made me giggle as this, as this kid. Yeah. And then from there, I just really got into it. And I loved Danny Kay, the way he worked. Um, he was very quick on stuff and uh, all these little routines that he used to do together and it's facial expressions. And for me, it's always been about facial expressions. One of my, my, one of my most favourite comics, one of my early memories, um, and he's a big influence for Reynard, is uh, Adrian Edmondson. Oh, um, okay. So uh, the Dangerous Brothers, which is one of my favourite things, which was on Saturday Night Live when I was a kid, right. and I was used to watching him and Rick Mal blow themselves up on a nightly basis, and it's just <laughs> a lot of Raynor's facial features and the way I, I express myself sometimes comes a lot from watching them early anarchic comics, especially Adrian Edmondson, the way he used to do that, you know, like yeah, and all of that and uh, and, and, and things like that. Danger, it's all that is, you know, what I mean is. And I just loved watching that sort of stuff. And Highland Pace, I was a big fan uh, of Highland yeah. Pace as well. Yeah. Um, and I was quite lucky. I, I used to work for Brian Conley. Uh, was one of the first people I worked with. And Brian's manager at the time was looking after Highland Pace. I remember doing the Brian Conley show at Bromley as this really young 20, 21-year-old kid. And uh, at the end of the night, the last, the last film party, um, Highland Pace came to it. And I was just in awe looking at him, you know, being that lucky to meet these guys. Yeah. But yeah, um, Danny Kay was a massive influence. And again, you know, Rick Mal, Adrian Emerson, yeah. Young Ones, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And also, really randomly, I've always liked Pee Wee Herman, who's an American. Comic. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, my my little yeah. ones a couple of years ago got quite into his his shows, oddly enough. So. Oh, he's great. I mean, Pee Wee's Big Adventure and 
I mean, it was the first film that Tim Burton made, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, I didn't know that. But yeah, looking back on it, it's so obvious now that Tim Burton was yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. quite quirky. And, and I just loved it. Again, Pee Wee just makes me laugh. I like that that idea of being, um, and I've always been that kind of way as well, just like a, I'm a massive kid. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you know, mucking about and having a laugh. That's what it is for me, really, to be fair. It's like a bit of innocence, isn't it? That's what I kind of, I like, you know, I'm jumping yeah. about probably, but your character of Reynard played off against Joe Pasquale quite, I mean, Joe Pasquale wasn't like straight laced or anything, but he tried to be the, the admonishing big brother, didn't he? Sort of telling <laughs> yeah. you to get back in your box. And you were always exactly, the one yeah. just to act up, you know, it was, it was fantastic. Um, it's, so, always, it's always great being that like naughty child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, so, so when were your your first kind of movements into performing yourself, if you can sort of remember where it all started back then? Yeah, well, when we were kids, I lived in, I grew up in uh, East Ham in uh, in London. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm from originally. And um, my mum and dad uh, bought a caravan on a on a lovely place called Canvey Island. Oh yeah, in Essex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a little holiday park called King's Holiday Park, and we used to go there as kids. Um, so. We went there as kids for the six weeks holiday and stuff. And eventually, my mum and dad decided they were going to move to Canvey Island from uh, from London. And when they did that, I'd just been going to this caravan park for about six or seven years. And I got to know the guys and I started um, collecting glasses and stuff okay. in the nightclub when I was about 17, 18, you know, yeah. working there as a little job, left school. Um, obviously, I'm a bit of a div, so I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just mucked about a bit. Yeah. So I was just like collecting glasses. And the guy that was doing the sound and lights at the time, uh, one of the first, you know, officer said, but I did a disc scan. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a go, mate. What have I got to do? And he's like, push this button. So I was like, yeah, great. <laughs> and at the time, there was a host there called uh, Johnny Clark. It was brilliant. It was like a, it was like the, um, you know, the main host at the club. We used to have cab raising like Brian's and Bobby Davros and Duncan Orville and people like that. Right. And um, I, I just started doing bits and pieces on the sound of lighting. And then one day they just said, uh, Duncan Orville needs someone to come out. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I, I'd always had this youngest kind of look when I had hair and everything. I looked like this little 12-year-old kid. Right. And I used to take his pints of lagers out. And, of course, doing that at the time, that was part of his act, where he'd take the mickey out of this young lad that had come out. So, And I and from there, the host of the caravan park picked up on this. And he was like, would you come and do a few bits for me? And I'm like, yeah, OK, cool. And I was working with a band at the time called um, Triple Cream. We were like the resident band there. Right. And uh, they sort of said, one of them said that I look like the Riddler from Batman, who's played by Frank Gorshwin. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so that became my nickname. They used to call me the Riddler, and then they dressed me up in green lycra. <laughs> and that's where it all sort of sprang from, to be fair. Um, but by being there, I quite luckily got to work with a few other bands. And one of the bands was a, a, a band called Rhythm of the Night. And they were Brian's backing band at the time. So okay. through that, I was their roadie. And then through that, I got to work with Brian. And then, uh, and then Brian just said one day, uh, would you come on and dance? I've, got, I've had this idea for a gag. I want to go, ladies and gentlemen, the Brian Connolly dancers. And will you just come on in a pair of pants? And I went, yeah, I'll do that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do. All the time, I just go, yeah, I'll do that. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite easy like that. Yeah. And that's where it, so it's all sort of stemmed from there, really. You know, it's quite bizarre how it started. That's okay. So that, that was sort of your, your, that's how you met Brian Connolly um yeah did you did you then get the gig sort of obviously Larry the Loafer was that your first yeah. gig with him or were you involved in any other way with him before yeah I was involved in his touring side of stuff before I actually did any of the television stuff with him okay. and uh I was just lucky to be about and when he was doing that that Brian Connolly show in Bromley the first one we did 
I wasn't actually Larry on that, but I asked if I could go along and watch how it's put together. I was quite a young yeah. lad and I was interested in how it worked, you know. Mm. Um, so I did. I went along and watched it all and how it was put together. And at the time, there was a gentleman called Colin Edmonds, who's, um, who was Bob Munkhouse's uh, writer. Okay. And, and I was quite interested. And I had a couple of ideas for gags. and I didn't know how to work it or how to put it together. And I spoke to um, Colin and he just gave me some good advice and tips. And then from that, when Brian then moved to LWT, I'd been touring with him for about a year then. Mm. Uh, and Nigel Lifko, who was a producer of the show at the time, nasty yeah. Nigel, yeah, yeah. Um, had, had seen me do stuff on stage with Brian and he knew that I did Larry on stage. Right. And him and Brian both sort of said, well, it, it's only fair if Ray's doing it on the tour, we should use him on the TV show. And I was just like made up. I'm like 21, 22, and here I am being Larry the Loafer. And then yeah. from that as well, uh, Colin brought in the idea of a dangerous Brian having a stunt coordinator. So I became nearly dangerous Norris, <laughs> which is probably the really early starts of Reynard. Oh, um, okay. Uh, and that's where the pink lycra comes from, where I do Reynard. I don't know if you've seen it on stage. I yeah. have, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the cape, yeah, yeah. That was that originally was nearly dangerous Norris. And, oh, okay. um, uh, and and it started from there. And again, when I was working with Colin, I got into writing a few of the, you know, little bits of Larry. I did a lot, I did a lot of writing for Larry and I did a lot of writing for dangerous brian i just write some of the gags and yeah. and and it was really clever colin taught me it was like well you watch a you watch a video or a tv show or something and then when it gets to, when they're about to do the punchline you pause it and then you think well i reckon the punchline is going to be this okay. and if it is that great you've got a good brave comedy and if it isn't you've written another gag anyway you know so yeah. it's quite a good way of doing it you know and it's um yeah so it was i was really lucky again just That's right brilliant. place right time that's and, cool. You know, Brian, yeah, and Brian's dad as well was, a, you know, I love Brian's dad and he really looked after me. Um, and, you know, him and Brian, and again, you know, I owe Brian so much because he, he helped me out so much getting me learning the, the early stages of doing it. I was this cocky little 22 year old, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Brian as well. And it's just been around that. It was just, you know, it's just yeah. mind blowing, really, you know. Yeah. I was going to say, obvious question. Obviously, what is it like being around someone like him? Is he, is he like that all the time? Obviously, you know, with that much energy, is he is he a laugh all the time? Yeah. Or did he kind of tone it down? No, I mean, it was always, and that's what it was. It's always been, you know, it's quite lucky I was there at the start with Brian, at the start with Joe. So it always, they've always been kind of mates rather than, mm. you know, anything else. They never looked at me in that respect. Right. I mean, they're both brilliant at what they do. And I mean, Brian's a, an amazing all round performer, so, yeah. as is Joe, you know. Yeah. And I was just really lucky to, to be there and be around these guys and you know to get so much knowledge from them as well you know it's just yeah. amazing yeah as a kid I, I know my sister who, who I don't think she watches a lot of these but I, I have a feeling she will watch this one because <laughs> we grew up together and we absolutely love the Brian Connolly show and you know we used to watch it when it was on and he had it was I think one of the only live videos DVDs that he had out was the Live and Dangerous show, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, we would watch that on repeat, uh, you know, to death, because we loved it so much. <laughs> and, you know, um, I cannot remember, what was Brian's character name when he did Lower the Loafer? Uh, Nick Frisbee. I said Nick Frisbee. Whenever that came on, I mean, you know, it was one of the points at which we just came together and we would just laugh because... Uh, the way he the, the way brian treated larry was disgusting really by today's <laughs> standards but you know um just on on that on that show that live and dangerous show you actually i think correct me if i'm wrong you get a little bit of tv time 
because he kind yeah, of breaks yeah, down yeah, yeah. the fourth wall, doesn't he? And he actually just opens the yeah. door. That whole bit that led up to that, I, I've, I'm glad I'm speaking to you because I've always wondered this and does this kind of thing happen. Was that planned? That little bit, bit where, where he nick, opens, where you nick the bat yeah, off well, him. We, yeah, well, I've always nicked the bat off him, and then what he used to do is stick it down the hole and hit me with it. Yeah. And every now and again, he'd pull me out from under the desk. But to make it work, because that's how we did it on the tour, yeah. but to make it work for the telly, he, he had this door put on the front of it. So all that bit was not planned, but it was gonna—I knew it was gonna expose me a bit. But the okay. bit that wasn't planned, there's a bit where Larry come. I have to do it like this, so like I've like I've got him. Yeah. Uh, Larry would look down. And, yes, uh, and I look and I look at Brian like that, and that bit wasn't planned. That just came to me at the last minute, and that's always been my um. It's not a damn, but that's how my head works sometimes. Is that yeah. I never, I'm a bit like you so said, I never plan it, and no. especially with Joe, uh, and with Brian, I always do it. My my things always be to try and make them guys laugh. Awesome, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And, and you could uh, you could uh, almost tell that Brian wasn't expecting that as well because his reaction yeah. is just, <laughs> you know, just fantastic. Like, yeah, it just creases. And up. it's just like little bits like I love bits like that. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But that's the great the beauty of it. And you know, doing the same with doing stuff with Joe. That's what I love the way we used to bounce off each other and the way yeah. we do stuff together. It's just you know, yeah, yeah. excellent. Did um did 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 you get any injuries from the fact? Did he actually properly whack you sometimes with that bat? <laughs> It, it didn't hurt that much. The bit that hurt me the most was when I did Larry for, for about three or four years, I actually ended up with like a big lump on the end of my wrist, oh, you know, really? like a calcium build. Oh, no. I'm doing it okay. all the time. Oh. Um, but apart from that, I mean, I love doing it as well. You know, I'm just so lucky that I got yeah. a chance, to, you know, to do. And it was such a, I mean, I mean, I used to love, to, I remember I did, we did one, I remember writing a sketch uh, and Colin put all the bits together. But one of the gags I had was that Larry would have a business. Larry okay. started this new business, but the end of it was that Larry's gone bankrupt, and then Brian went, <laughs> he's gone into liquidation. And I just remember him taking him off my hand and putting him in a blender, <laughs> and it was just things like, you know, just random stuff like that coming, oh. coming to me, and I just thought, you know, again, it's that anarchic and just being yeah. a kid, like, who puts a puppet in the blender? That's you know? brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> And you, you helped write a lot of that, did you say? Did this yeah, just little, not loads. I did, I did little gags, so I'd come up with little ideas for bits of Larry, little That's sketches, and, and then a little, couple of little bits for James Brown. But again, at the time, Colin was the main writer on it. Okay. So I'd go to Colin with a few gags and ideas that I had, and then he'd put them in and right. work that, you know, the sketch around it. So the idea about Larry having this business, and there's another one where we had Larry as a pin-up. I come up with this idea as Larry as a pin-up, and then we just basically staple-gunned him to the, um, to the set. I remember doing that as oh, well, you know, brilliant. stuff like that. Oh, so, and, it's no. just, and it was just, how can we, what can we do to him? You know what I mean? And there was, we had several Larrys. I did the actual Larry that I use, and then there was several stunt Larrys because he got oh, set okay. on fire and blended <laughs> and bagged and bad. Oh, no. As, as kids, again, I was probably about 10 years old or so when I when we were watching the Brian Connolly show. So we were watching these kids' TV programme, the actual kind of ones that they were basing that on. We were watching those yeah. in the morning and then watching, you know, Larry the Loafer get the hell beaten out of him in the evening. And we were laughing at both, you know, <laughs> it's fantastic. So that's great. It was just, and again, it was, I mean, I think Brian came up with the character and it was just, I just loved the idea of it, the concept of it as well. It was just such a funny idea, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, so we, we go on from there. I, I guess then was Rain with Reynard in your time with Joe after Brian Conley, or were you working yeah. side by side? I mean, basically, my job's always been, I've never been a performer ironically mm. I've always been the other side of the camera so I do a lot of stage management production management I've always done a lot of writing 
I've written a couple of tours. I did a couple of sooty shows that went out and a rainbow live show that went out. That's my child as, as well. So yeah, I want to know more about that in a bit. So Yeah, I was really lucky getting to do them. But um, basically what happened was Brian was going into Jolson and, uh, and part of my job was, I was like his PA. So I'd, you know, make his cup of tea in the morning or do stuff like that. And as he said, I'm going into the West End for you. There's not going to be a hell of a lot for you to do. Do you want to do it? And I went, well, to be fair, mate, it's not really what I'm about. Mm. I don't know if I can sit in a theatre for that long, just making, you know, no. making you a cup of tea and going out, oh, do you want a jack of potato for your lunch or whatever? And, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and at the time, um, we've been working with on uh, on tour with a lady called Hilary O'Neill. Uh, I used to do a show called Copycats, which is like a female impressionist. She's brilliant, Hill. She's okay. been about for years. And uh, she was Joe support. And at the time, Joe, I'd done, uh, luckily, I'd done one role variety show at the time with Brian as Larry. And in that time, we shared a dressing room. It was me, Brian, Shane Ritchie, Bradley Walsh, Joe, Frank Carson. Wow. I mean, I was just like, oh, my God, this is mental. You know, That's, this is my life, you know, yeah, right. which is just brilliant. And so I got to meet Joe then. And uh, Hilary said, well, I know Ray was working because I was filming the Brian Conley show at the time while Joe was touring. Joe's tour manager had gone on holiday. And, and Hilary said, well, I know Ray's not, you know, he was only doing, because we'd only, we'd film on a Saturday night and uh, now we do a rehearsal on a Saturday and film on a Sunday for Brian's show. And it goes, it went out the following following Sunday, Saturday. So they said to me, you know, she said, well, Ray's free during the week. Do you want to try him out? And he's like, yeah, give him a go for two weeks. So he phoned Brian up at Curtsy and just said, do you mind if I borrow Ray? And mm. Brian was like, yeah, no, no, no worries. That's cool. And he said, uh, get him to come out in a pair of pants. He'll do that for a laugh. And Joe was like, all right, yeah, nice one. <laughs> so um, uh, basically, Joe said, well, I'll go and do a couple of dates. And then a couple of dates turned into 23 years. So wow. That's, uh, it was just, it was just, good. you know, I, and again, I met up with Joe and we've got so much in common and our humour is so, you know, I started talking about Pee Wee, like I just said, and yeah. Joe loved Pee Wee. And, and everything we talked about, we were on the same page, really, with everything. So we've always shared such a, similar sort of sense of humor which is why it worked so well with us and yeah. uh from day one we've been able to if i go somewhere with something and some, nine times out of ten joe doesn't know where i'm going to go with it mm. but it'll just go i'll go somewhere with it and it, it, it always kind of worked well because it could bounce back with me and then we yeah. just had that bounce off each other and it just worked so well <laughs> um so yeah it started with just hillary bless her again i owe her a lot um suggesting me and from there, I, you know, I stayed with him for like 23 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I remember, again, earliest memories of Reynard's. Um, I was given, I think it was the Bubble and Squeak VHS. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I, I just kind of, I discovered um, Joe through a uh, school friend of mine. He, he loved him. He'd seen him on a couple of shows like Des O'Connor or something. And yeah, yeah. he had this new video out. So my mum bought it me for Christmas and... It was one of those where I sat there and I just laughed and laughed. And then I'll put it on again because I, I, he was he was so, so different. But every I mean, yeah. as soon as he opened his mouth, you laugh anyway. But then he brings yeah, you yeah, out. Yeah. So he um, was that. Do you remember? Was that one of the, the earliest points? Because he introduced you as like his something special, his new sort of part of the show. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. One. Was that one of the first ones that you did with him? Yeah, yeah, that was completely the first one that we did. Yeah, I had hair and everything then. Yeah, I was going to um, say, was that your real? <laughs> was that your real hair? That's quite that was my real hair. Wow, yeah. what, that's what, what was left? What was left of it? Bless it. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, 
and yeah, it was one of the first ones we'd done. And we just, again, it was a bit similar to with Brian who's come out and dance, but he just said, if I come out and do this, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I'll just introduce you. And we just used to come out and dance with each other. And again, it was, it just made him laugh and it made me yeah. laugh. And that's how a lot of our stuff started. Yeah. We used to do stuff. When I first started working with him, we used to go, he'd, he'd go, we'd do like these odd um, holiday camps and places like that. But no one knew what, not a lot of people know I am anyway, but people that hadn't seen Joe or hadn't seen me do Brian, they, they didn't know me with Joe at that point because it was just Joe Pasquale. Yeah. So I do a lot of stuff like just sit in the audience in a, in my granddad's suit randomly. Right. Just sit there with the you know, with, with the people watching with the punters and I just sit there. And then I'll throw through Joe's act. I'd get up and start trying to do card tricks with the band. And Joe's just going, who's this bloke? And, <laughs> and the band didn't know I was because they hadn't seen me at sound check. Okay. And, so me and Joe used to just do it just to mess with everybody's heads for a little bit. Um, and that's how it all kind of started with Raynard. I just used to come up and I'd just go to up to him and go, all right, is this your card? And he'd be like, who are you, mate? And I'm going, is this your card? Like you know, and start mucking about with Joe's props and Joe just go, oh, who's this bloke? And just, you know, fantastic. and that's how it all kind of... And that it was all brilliant. just basically initially to make me and him... And it always has been to make me and him laugh, you know. Yeah. And the beauty of it is, I like to think because we have that innocence and we, and it is a very natural thing. It's never been put on with me and Joe that the audience sharing that, like yeah. everyone's in on this in gag, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it just grew and grew and grew, you know. And to be fair, I never thought because as I say, I'm not a, I, I've never been a performer. That's why I've always preferred the writing side of stuff because yeah. I'm quite a shy person. Sure. Really, believe it or not, I wouldn't know it. Uh, but, but with Raynard, it, it's not me, it's him. You know, I let him out the cave, don't yeah. you imagine? <laughs> and I go out and, and and there he is and I'll become him. And, and I loved it because I can be this other person, you know. Yeah. It's like putting a mask I've on, been... isn't it? So... It is, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. That's or brilliant. a large pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did some pretty epic stuff with him. I mean, a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, Diet Coke break. That yeah, was yeah, good. yeah. And was it you did, um, you did like a double, um, what they call it, like life, uh, not life jacket, sort of escapology Straight type. jacket routine. Straight yeah, jacket, yeah, jacket you routine. Did, yeah, where you just yeah. were left squirming on the, on the stage. On the floor. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have a, yeah, that... like a personal kind of favourite over all the gags that you did together? Have you got one that really sort of sticks with you? My favourite has always been, we do a hand chopping routine. I don't know if you've seen that one, where I put my hand into this box and then, Joe puts a blade through it. It's always, he's like hypnotised me. And I, I sort of go, ah. I think, and, yeah. And, the gag I think... is, and, and it's got like, it looks like it's my hands here sort of thing like this. And yeah. it's like basically Joe's chopped my hand off. And then as I go down like that, the blade falls out. And they realise it's not my hand because I sit my hand through to pick up the blade. <laughs> but it, it's, it, that is my, I think that's my favourite routine. And we've done a few magic conventions where it's got serious magicians in it. And right. the amount of times I've been, shouted at by magicians for giving away the gags we do <laughs> we did a levitation thing where he puts me on a plank and a balloon on the end of it and the idea is you pull the chair away normally the the trick would be the plank would stay there but when we yeah. did it ways did it so that the plank fell down but then right. as i was walking off stage i'd actually attach a plank properly and it would just sit there like rigid like this okay so again, we gave away so many different illusions oh, we got no. told so much <laughs> but at but, that point but, yeah, they, they had the they had the masked magician on TV. You can't blame you for that. You'd already given. Oh no, completely. Away, he was doing it. We actually got. Um, we, well, I think we used to do. We did a gag about the masked magician, and they wrote to us and tried to sue us for me no doing way. a gag about it. Yeah. 
we were like, seriously, we that <laughs> thing that, you know what I mean? It was like That's we bucking about and we didn't mention him, it just like, and then you go, oh, it's just you, you idiot, like that. And because I put on this pretend mask and was running around pretending to be like a mask yeah. magician, like, uh, we, yeah, we, got in, we got in trouble for that one. <laughs> Some people have no sense of humour, have they? So. I know exactly, you know what I mean? Makes yeah. He um he, he brought you back as well when he moved on to like Price is Right. I understand. I didn't. I must admit, I didn't watch a lot of it when he did it. But I understand he yeah. brought you back for some of that as well. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was good. I loved it in the Price is Right again. That was down to we had um, a brilliant producer, that guy called Dave Morley. Um, because re- when Joe won the Jungle, because it kind of reinvigorated his career. Yeah. At that point, we did two or three pilots, which was just, for me again, which is amazing. I'm this yeah. little kid. We did one for a like a daytime talk show, which never happened. And then we did one called Ready Steady Joe. And that was produced by the guys that did Andex Saturday Night Takeaway. Okay, yeah. And that was really good. That was billed as a big Saturday night show and they had me suspended off and everyone would bring in this tank from home and pull it in the skip. And they had me suspended on this skip in a big pair of pants and they'd drop me in it. And I, whatever I pulled out was the person that came down to take part in the games. And okay. uh, we did the pilot. And it was a really clever concept. And basically, I was the one that picked everybody that came down. And it went really well, but they didn't pick it up. Because I uh. think at the time, the head of uh, ITV comedy changed from one person to another. And the person that commissioned the pilot wasn't the same person that would be right. doing the show. And like everything, they have their own ideas. Yeah. They want. So uh, they offered you the price is right. I know it was a shame. I mean, it was such a funny idea. Hmm. But yeah, that idea for the price is right. And then Dave said, We've got this idea. We want you to be one of the male models in it and just try and have a bit of a spin on it. Are you up for it? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm up for that, mate. Of course I am. It's your standard um, response to everything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um, so again, that was just immense for me because I think we did 150 episodes in the end. Uh, and again, it was just one of the things you don't expect to do. So I came on like we did. Uh, I come on as a yodeler when we were doing like cliffhanger, so I'd come yeah. in and yodel through that. Um, and whenever we we're into doing a new game, it'd always be me that demonstrated the game and get it from yeah. a course. So I was like a darts player, but a lot of the time they'd use me for the modeling, which is quite funny because I'm next to proper, 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 like I'm he's like this chiseled chin bloke, and yeah, you know, these girls all dressed up doing it, and there I am in a bath demonstrating the television <laughs> or something. Uh, I mean, it was just good. I mean, but again, the great thing with that was I had the opportunity of working with Dave. And then what I'd do is um, twice a day, I'd interview the audience that were coming down. So again, uh, as a laugh, they pretend I was this TV producer and they called me Tarquin or something every day right. with a different name on it. So as people come through, uh, probably giving away a trade secret, but as people come Thanks. through, you interview them and you, you decide who's going to come down. Okay. So I would go, oh, they were, they were really interesting. They, they, you know, they've got a good story there. And then I go back to Joe and go, right, we're getting a hairdresser down so you can you can do the gag about, you know, I was at the hairdressers once and I said to her, I like some highlights. So she took me around the back and showed me a video of all the best haircuts. <laughs> so, you know, it's, so, you know, you'd, you'd see something and go, right, we'll do that gag there. And that, I mean, again, that was brilliant. So I'd do that. And then they'd have me just, you know, again, me being Raynard doing all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but we filmed it in Manchester and it was next door to when Jeremy Kyle was still going. Okay. Uh, and at the time, yeah, so at the time, one of his audience, uh, we don't know how it happened, but one of the audience members managed to make off with a, a dining room table and six chairs. So we had to barrow it all off. But uh, yeah, he used to come and watch the end of it. And he was such a nice bloke as well, to be fair. He used to come mm. and watch it and 
what you're doing today and we'd tell him what you know what the gags were and all of that and he and he used to come and watch the end of the show and stuff it was brilliant that's brilliant um but yeah price was right was great and i used to do a lot of stuff like i'd um like when they'd finish filming like they go cut and i'd do things like like i always do just being me i'd kick my pants off and get out the um and they're oh, brilliant you know what i mean and then they could cut that into the you know to the show because oh. there's a gag in there that wasn't really funny there'd be the audience falling over and it'd probably be me but it was sort of me walking out, you know what I mean? I just, oh, just, again, it was just, just again, so lucky that they just, you know, they've everyone's always kind of said to me, just do what you want to do. And, and sometimes it makes it into the edit and sometimes it don't. But yeah, I've always been lucky in the respect that they know, you know, it's getting Reynard as well sometimes. Yeah. Some people aren't quite sure of him. Yeah. Um, but once they get him, it's that child, again, being being a kid, sort of things I would have done as a kid at school would be naughty, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I was going to ask, actually, yeah, how much freedom did you have with the character to kind of... Because I guess, like, all of it was you you developed it, or did anyone sort of give you any ideas to go on at some point that you kind of ran with? No, I mean, basically, it just spawned, because he, if you watch the early videos of Joe, Reynard never spoke. It was all about facial expressions. Yeah. And a lot of stuff I did initially with Reynard, he never really spoke. Um, and then and then one tour, I think we just tried it on a couple of bits and it kind of got a laugh. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll keep this in. And it was just, you know, all the gags that we used to do. I mean, Joe, we're, enough, we were talking about this the other day and going, God, some of the stuff we used to get away with was just <laughs> mental, you know what I mean? Some of the yeah. stuff we used to do with him. And again, uh, and the great thing with me was obviously with Rayner, when I initially did him, I used to have a rubber band around me, you know, like that. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, but we had to stop it after a while because I started getting nosebleeds with it because it was up <laughs> for so long oh, no. like this. In the end, we had to calm it down a little bit. So we calmed it down for the prices right and stuff and all that, and which is good for me because it became more about me you, doing yeah. it, rain on yeah. and stuff. And, it, you know, it was just, just the luxury of that, really. Yeah. Did you so have any... Did, did you or have you got any plans of breaking Reynard off on his own for some sort of spin-off? Um, to, to, funny enough, I did a lot of tours with the Chuckle Brothers again oh, okay. in my uh, in my um, wearing my other hat as a tour manager and stuff. I used to tour manage the Chuckles, so I did a lot of their shows, um, sort of uh, sort of late 2000, 2008 through to about two thousand and twelve. And again, Paul and Barry, such lovely guys to work with. Um, and there was a guy on there, one of their writers is a gentleman by the name of John Sale, amazing writer, done a lot of stuff in Mr. Time. We've done a lot of kids shows oh, and okay, stuff, and he yeah. always liked Raynard. He always thought Reynard was great. So we had this idea of coming up with a show called Reynard's World. Again, a bit like, I suppose, because of my influence with Pee Wee Yerman and stuff. Yeah. And we, we were kind of in talks of doing little bit of pieces like that, but it never kind of transpired. Okay. But I've always had my own. I'd always like to take Reynard out again, because I don't think, you know, he's finished, to be fair. No. Um, and I've always wanted to do stuff with Reynard. But it's whether I feel, you know, because I've, I'm quite insecure with stuff like that. I'm always thinking, oh, I don't want to come and see him. I don't know whether it would work. Yeah, you know? yeah. I've always wanted to do like an adult kids show. If that I was going to say, you've I got that. Think... You've got the generation who's already familiar with them. Like, say, you know, my my oh, yeah, yeah, bless you. They would, yeah. be, they would be gladly, you know, watch that. I would, you know, <laughs> and I, I mean, I might just try it as a one-off. And I've always, and what I've always liked with Reynard is he's cross-generational. And I've always liked the fact that quite young kids like him as well. Yeah. And I like the fact they can interact with me. And it's a great introduction, you know, like with yourself, introducing mm -hmm. kids into comedy, Yeah. you know, with something like what I do. And, you know, yeah. the fact that they go around imitating me, we, you know, I just find it quite humbling, you know what I mean? And <laughs> like yourself asking me to do this interview, I've never thought of myself as that kind of person. I've always oh, just no, enjoyed it's... doing what I do as a laugh. Yeah. And I've just been yeah. really lucky, you know what I mean? It's, it's one, one of the lines, I think, 
that I kept repeating once I, I saw that show um, was Joe's reaction when he brings you out because he introduces you as, as his twin brother and then he just turns yeah. to the audience and he just says as you can see we're not identical twins and I just yeah. think it was that kind of thing and then I, I think there was a guy in the front row who must have shouted something out about you having the same nose and it's Joe bouncing off him basically saying yeah. do you want to punch in the mouth sir so, you know, so, <laughs> and I just that whole exchange it was so it seemed so organic because he was literally interacting with the crowd as well um, yeah yeah you know, it's that kind of thing. And I think in sort of later shows I saw where you came on, you got as much as a reaction as Joe did. Which... Yeah, it always shocked me. To be fair, it's always yeah. shocked me because, uh, again, as I say, when we go and do the holiday camps or we go and do um, corporates, they don't really know who Reynard is. Mm. And nine times out of ten, I just come out and they just go, who's this strange bloke dancing around? And we do, I, I don't know if you've seen the ball and cloth routine where Joe holds a yes. cloth up and then, and yeah. only pulls it away and I've just got a big ball on my head and I just pick up and walk <laughs> off and again stuff like that which I find really funny but again yeah. if you don't know Raynard is a bit of an idiot what's he doing <laughs> um, but I've always I, I've always been so humbled by the fact that when I used to go out the reaction I used to get I never expected it especially on the tours with Joe it, it just you know it's yeah. immense and for someone like me that only fuels me more you know what I mean because if you're getting a reaction out of doing a routine and that's why Sometimes I was just like, get off, because I <laughs> wouldn't stay out there and do more, you know. Um, but it's, it, and it's great, because he'd always just say to me, there was never any set stuff. We just, like on Joe's set list, he'll go, I'll do this, 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 and this, and then I'll bring you out. And it'd never say, I want you to do this, but we'd always have a, a, a gag where we would have a tag, whether it be the arm chopper or the, you know, the ball on the head. Yeah. Or I think we've done a couple of things where he hypnotised me before and have like a pretend Raynard doll where he threw it in there with the straight jacket routine. So we'd always have a, a, a like a beginning and an end, but yeah. in between that, it was just kind of whatever I wanted to do and whatever I random words I'd want to come out with with him, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, again, it's just, it's just been quite lucky with all of yeah. that really. And I always yeah. find it quite humbling that, and it's nice to make people laugh and it's just, you know, yeah. you can do that. It's brilliant, isn't it? And, you know? and well, you did, you know, cause it's, it's thing, it's things that I still go back and, in my mind you know those those to me are my like my golden age of comedy was was that when I was growing up and I was kind of discovering it for myself and it was Brian it yeah. was Joe it was you uh Freddie Starr that was sort of the the the, the oh, ones I always watch the most so yeah let's um let's let's delve into a couple of things quickly that you mentioned earlier on that I, I found out about yeah. earlier on when I listened to another interview that you've done Sooty and Rainbow yeah. Again, you know, massive sooty. I was a massive sooty fan when I grew up. I'm trying to get my kids into it. They're a bit past it now, so I've missed that boat, unfortunately. Um, I'll be sure. I understand. Is it sort of the more the writing side that you've done for a couple of the tours for them rather than the TV? Yeah. Yeah, yeah did, I, didn't, I didn't do any of the telework. I did basically, I did more of the tours. It was, it was actually when they were with a company called Hit. Okay. Um, and I worked with a guy called Jonathan Blazer at the time who was producing the shows. And he'd heard that I'd written some stuff. And he said, would I ever go writing a city show? And I went, yeah, great. Um, so I wrote a couple of city shows, which was brilliant. Getting getting a chance to that. And he also got the rights to Rainbow. Uh, and I was asked to write a Rainbow show as well, which I did. And he did he initially did one show, which didn't quite work for him. So he said, would I have a look at it? And I did. And then it was great because I then got to put in some of the humour that I was working with on Joe okay. and rework it in a different way. So it would go across to the younger kids, you know, and I love doing that. Uh, I got told off a bit with, hit a few times with Sooty because I kept putting in gags 
that would go over the kids' heads. One of them okay. was about, it was like a magic show at the beginning. And I go, oh, look, Sooty's wands. One of the gags was the presenter would go, oh, look, mums and dads, Sooty's wands gone floppy. <laughs> Nobody likes a floppy wand, do they, mums and dads, like that? And they were like, no, you can't do that in a kids' show. And I'm like, oh, great. And at the time, there was a Brazilian cat in it called Mickey. And they say, and uh, and I they're coming on going, hi, Sissy, me love you long time. And they were like, no. I'm like, okay. You know. Um, you say that though, but I've, I've watched, me and my wife have watched back the old stuff that I grew up with. And oh, there's, there's bits in there. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when he had it, it was brilliant. And that's what I watched. I watched a lot of the old Matthew Corbett yeah. stuff. I was like, this is great. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I can incorporate this. But because yeah. it was so corporate at the time, you couldn't do it. But now it's been... Um, uh, funny enough, I did Panzer with him about three years ago, and he's a lovely, lovely bloke, a guy called Richie Cadell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he now owns the rights to City, so it's it's become more of that kind of, again, it's yeah. still aimed at kids, but there is some stuff in there for the adults as well. Okay. And he's such a brilliant magician, Richard. You know, but again, writing the, the, the two City shows that I did was, you know, for me, was just yeah amazing being able to work on them. And then the Rainbow Show, again, which is brilliant, you know. Yeah writing lines for bungles zippy and george and stuff it's just, you know it was all about i did it all about um when i did it was called zippy superstar dj and it was all about zippy becoming this dj you know winning this talent competition and going off and right. i remember we opened act two with him doing a massive rap and stuff it was just brilliant you know <laughs> writing this really funny zippy rap and stuff that didn't rhyme because i quite like that you know when you okay, write a song yeah yeah the last word doesn't rhyme for some <laughs> just the way my head works i mean like, sometimes i do gags with joe yeah I do gags with Joan. It's just like seriously, Ray. I don't. I don't even get that. Like, I'm laughing. But in my head, it's funny, but maybe that's just the medication I'm on. Oh well, maybe, maybe. It's it's great to see that that you know, shows like City and Rainbow still have some kind of relevance. You know, yeah. Even sort of now, the last sort of ten years or so, they're trying to find this this new audience. And again, I think there's this generation like me of parents who grew up with it that would happily watch it you know oh, and yeah, take, the, take the kids to it you know i oh, um yeah. there was we got a theme park close by to us which we have an annual pass to now but last or the year before we got that and before we ever went they had city down there and it was my dream to take them to that and i missed it but oh, uh, bless you, man. you know one day uh, you never uh, know. Yeah, definitely i mean again it, uh, as i say rich is out touring at the moment i think he's going out again this year with city again mm. and if I'll you do get on. a chance to take kisses yeah. he always oh, brilliant i like it's it's cross-generational, as you say. It's yeah. it's where it all starts for you. I mean, I used to love Jamie and the Magic Torch, one of the ones I oh, liked yeah. for kids, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. You know, and again, and I've I've just recently done a Danger Mouse show as well last a couple okay. of years ago for someone. Wow. So that was quite nice as well. Right, and you know, again, Danger Mouse is you know so iconic with David Jason and stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. And That's... I'm being lucky to you know the good old days really aren't they? Like yeah oh, yeah yeah definitely. i mean kids tv that my kids grew up with they're seven now so when they were kind of getting into tv it was cbb's on loop you know mr tumble and, yeah um whatever else it was but you know i just it was there was there was so, almost something missing that i felt i yeah. had back then you know they tried to relaunch yeah. these other shows and they're not quite the same but then that's just me it's, yeah, I'm not, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Hanging on it's to anarchy, isn't it? It's like I grew up on Tiswas. I was a massive fan oh, of yeah. Tiswas and watching that with my dad. And I've been lucky again that I've got to work with Clive Webb, who was on Tiswas quite a lot, one of the regulars. Yeah, yeah. So I've worked with Clive quite a bit, and he's just as mental as he was on Tiswas as he is now. And him and, he, and his son uh, is a guy called Danny Adams. And I think Danny's got a show on CBBC now called Danny and Mick, where okay. they run like a leisure centre. And uh, again, 
and Danny's a great, he's a great physical comic as well. And Danny gets a lot of that from, you know, obviously his dad, Clive. And again, yeah. so lucky to work with people like that. And yeah. that, that knowledge, that fountain of knowledge, you know what I mean? Just, just, just soak it up, don't you? I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, so talk, you know, we talked a lot about obviously the, the notable things that you've done. What else have you done kind of in between and sort of more up to date? Sort of what are you doing, keeping yourself busy these days? Well, basically I work, um, I work at Wolverhampton Grand Theatre now. I'm, head of stage here so I've always been okay. as I say behind the scenes and stuff so that's more what I do now what sort of work at the grand but um I want to get back into doing stuff like that. I've got a few ideas for um kids shows and uh, and also some ideas for dramas and stuff but you just finding the time yeah. to put it in and I've never done a drama before because I've always done the comedy side of stuff but you know I'd like I was speaking to Joe the other day funny enough we still we still talk a lot Mm. Um, but I talk, talked about maybe going out and doing a couple of dates with him again because we just like to go out and That'd we do miss cool. it. It's just makes having a laugh doing that yeah. again. And obviously, like yourself, I think it's amazing that you've done like a kids' book and stuff. It's something that I'd like to look into as well, you know. Yeah, that's you know, right. Something like that. I, I was, I mean, I started off with horror. Um, oh, with did ho you? Horror fiction, but then my kids came along and I think it was all the stuff I was being subjected to through them you know all the kids stories I was reading them and the kids tv and it just yeah it just kind of clicked and I had so much fun with it and I probably had yeah. the most I've had the warmest reaction to that I've had more of a reaction to that because I think there's just a much bigger audience out there for it and yeah um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do and I'm working on another one at the minute it's just trying to get it out there that's the that's, that's the amazing though. yeah thank you I mean, you know Joe's written have you, have you read Joe's book the um um Dead knobs and doomsticks. Right? I know, I haven't. One. I haven't yet. No, I have heard of it. That's, no. Yeah, they're quite funny. They're quite adult, to be fair. They're not. Okay. They're not the things you could give to your kids. <laughs> I think he's done two of them. Um, but it's definitely worth having a look at um, if look. you get a chance. They're um, quite funny. Definitely. But yeah, there's something I definitely like to do is, is to do that. Or again, as I say, Raynard's well, something that I've always wanted to do and try and get back into. I've actually got um, uh, event puppet as well that I had made years ago, especially for the. the Company okay. and he's got one teddy bear arm again it's just <laughs> random stuff that i like but you know uh you know so it's you know i'd like to get back into it again it's just That's finding awesome. the time there you know yeah well it'd be great to see to see any of that come to fruition you know um for you oh, cheers, so I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it and uh I, i'm trying to rack my brain i saw um I, I met my my wife sort of 21 years ago on our one year anniversary, I think it was of of being together, she um, bought me tickets to see Joe Pasquale down here in Torquay, and oh, I cool. can't remember whether you. This was would have been two thousand and one. I don't know whether you were there or not. I'm trying to make my brain whether you would have been. Yeah, I would have been with him. Yeah, would have yeah. been at the Princess. Yeah, yeah, yes, right, brilliant theatre. I love it. Martin's stage manager there is great. I love it down in Torquay. It's such a beautiful place. Yeah. And such a wonderful theatre as well. Yeah, we've done it a few times. We did summer season. We did a summer season there a few times. I'm not sure whether it was 2001 that we were doing the... We had... I don't think it was then. I think it was just me and Joe coming out. I would have been there, I think, doing okay. stuff. Okay, because it was point. supported by... Jimmy Cricket and the Nolans. I remember that much. Oh right, yeah, I was company manager of it. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. Oh, I awesome. Yeah, I was. I was company manager. That's what they did a lot. I'd company manage the show, put it together, and then I would, I, I would come on and do. I did do a little bit with Joe on that one. We probably did. Yeah, um, I, I thought there yeah. was a moment. Yeah, it's a long, long time ago. I've done a lot since then, unfortunately. <laughs> oh no, you do. You, you, I, I'm the same. Right? You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like with Joe, people say gags to me that I've done with Joe, and I go, yeah. 
quite funny. I'll have to do that again. You know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I mean. Ray, this has been absolutely amazing speaking to you. I feel like I could probably do a, a, another show with you about other things that come oh, to mind. Um, but no, thank you for your time. I'm just just trying to see if there's anything that I haven't asked you, to be honest with you. Um, pretty much covered. Are, are there any comedy heroes that you've got of like present day? Anyone that you sort of stop and would watch that, that you, uh, yeah, as much yeah, as I've you been, would, it's big. Yeah. Yeah, again, like people like uh, Ramesh Ranganathan, I've been watching him, I quite like him. Just yeah. listening to his audio books, I think he's brilliant. And again, he seems quite a humble person and, and it comes across that he's, uh, you know, his beginnings and stuff. If you listen to what he's done where he used to be a teacher, I, I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, Massey, I've just been watching um, uh, uh, Gary King, it's on um, on BBC. I've just been King, watching King Gary, yeah, we've just been watching King that. Gary, yeah. Oh, Brilliant. That's brilliant. Tom Davis, he's just, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff again. But yeah, that's that that's brilliant. brilliant. I love that. And I like I like Simon Day as well, who plays his dad, obviously, from yeah, who was in the fire show and stuff. And he's, you know, he's just great in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that makes me laugh at the moment. So they're they're kind of the things that I'm into at the moment. They sort of really make me laugh. Cool, cool, cool. It sounds like we're on the same page, actually, because yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we um we were almost watching for uh, waiting for the new series of King Gary to come out once the first oh, one finished. I was the same, I was itching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. And same again now. I'm like. Come on, again, Ramesh is in that. And the way they're, they're banter between them. He, it's great. Did, I, I, watched, I watched Judge Ramesh and he plays like the, the clerk on it, doesn't he, Tom Davis? Have you ever seen Judge Ramesh on, on Dave? No, oh, no, so, I ain't got Dave anymore, actually. I must have missed out on that. When I don't yeah, if you watch it, I think they, they do that like, on, their, on their box sets and their catch-up. It's called okay. Judge Ramesh and it's a bit like uh, Judge Rinder, but basically Tom Davis would be the person that brings him into court. Like, and it'd just be petty arguments, but it's quite funny again. And the banter okay. they have between each other on that. So I'm guessing that's, I don't know if that's where they first met or they've been, I think he was a stand up. But again, yeah, I just find them both quite funny, you know. That's cool. And Jimmy Carr and people like that. Yeah, know, it took, took me a while to warm to Jimmy Carr, I must admit. I, yeah. I, when he first came out, I wasn't too sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, you get there, didn't you? Well, yeah. They do that. The one that I've, I've watched most of, Bill Bailey, some years ago. Oh, right. I was big on Bill because he was, he's, he's so. Um, intelligent with it, you know, it'd make you stop yeah. and think on some of the stuff he was saying. And uh, I moved over then to Rod Gilbert just because I loved his anger, yeah, know, his Welsh. I anger. love Rod Gilbert, yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, we've got him fun enough where I work. I'm quite lucky in that respect now that a lot of them before I tour into venues now, we've got like Rod Gilbert coming in a few okay. in a few months to, to the <clears> ground. And he, he came in and we have like um, a charity show where we have a lot of a lot of comics on and stuff. Mm. And he came in then, and, and again, I'm like Greg Davis as well. I like. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Um, um, Man Dan. I don't know if you've yeah. ever watched Man Dan. I've before. watched a couple and never made it through the whole series, but I meant to go back to it at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love that again because again, Rick in the first before blessed before he passed on, but playing his dad and the way that he just fights him just as a giant bear. It's just <laughs> you know, I just love all that randomness. But yeah, Brilliant. this is my from my golf and tangents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know where it started. That's all right. That's all. no, that's brilliant. Like just to close things up, so um, you know, anyone else out there who wants to keep up with what you're doing, get in touch, whatever, where can they find you? Are you on social media? The only thing I kind of do, really, to be fair, is I'm only on Twitter, so I'm at Rates Hard on Twitter. Um, yeah, you can see what I'm up to on there. I do the odd bits and pieces. I'm going to try and get back into it a bit more. I'm having a, I'm, I'm looking because everyone's doing this. I've never done TikTok or I, no, I had a YouTube no. channel for a bit, but I did a couple of bits on that. But I might 
start doing some more YouTube <laughs> stuff and you know maybe do Raynard interviewing a few people or something like that maybe you know might be a bit brilliant. random I know it's been done before like as partridge and things but you know if amazing. I did it it'd just be really random <laughs> that would that would that'd be worth watching absolutely anyway Ray Tizar thank you so so much for coming on this has been an absolute honor thank you so much it's my pleasure man I'm chuffed that you asked me now it's been great talking to you Chris uh, anytime mate anytime but all the best with everything and I'll definitely be keeping yeah. uh, keeping an eye on you keep in touch no, nice one, man. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to do something again soon next year. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, bud. Take care, man. Cheers, mate. Bye, mate.